As people grow older, generally they become more quiet. And perhaps the reason is they have more to be quiet about. Today, let's look at God's concept of wisdom. The lesson is called Walk in the Ways of Insight. God's concept of wisdom is that it is here and it is ready right now. There's no need to reinvent the wisdom wheel. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beast. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. Wisdom has been established. There is no need to look elsewhere. So picture a sound woman in a mansion. Now, when I say sound woman, I'm not talking about somebody who is physically fit in tone and her hair is perfect. But someone who does not gossip, who is not worldly, who's not full of folly. This is a sound woman, a woman of God's wisdom. And she has hewn seven strong pillars. And these pillars, if you ever been to one of those nice mansions, holds up that mansion and makes it look strong. No one's going to knock it down. Now, seven, that is seven pillars, conceptualize this, that it is the idea that it is from heaven. It's perfect. Wisdom, God's wisdom is perfect. God's wisdom is established. God's wisdom is set in stone. God's wisdom is available. And it's beautiful. She also, that is wisdom, supplies nourishment. Are you ready to enjoy that nourishment? Do you see it in your mind's eye? This great mansion Wisdom inside and all the food and everything ready to be enjoyed. She has mixed wine. But unlike the wisdom of folly, this mixed wine is not mixed with hard alcohol. It's mixed with water so that people can enjoy it all day without getting drunk on worldliness and wickedness and foolishness. Jesus asked the question, who do people say that I am? That is, the Son of Man? Who is the Son of Man? Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Peter's statement, awesome as it is, something that should be etched in our mind, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Matthew 16, 16. Who revealed this answer to Peter? Was it Peter's great insight on a personal level? No. He didn't get it by the flesh, but by God himself. A lot of people in our modern 
days, think of Peter as the one who is the primary. He's exceptional. He's the one who should be first among the apostles. And though he did get to present the message at Pentecost, that one we see so clearly in Acts chapter 2, it wasn't Peter himself who is the rock. Peter comes from the Greek word petros, and it means a small rock. Maybe like a stone you throw over a lake. But the rock that Jesus said in this passage is not the rock of a pebble, but it's like the rock of a cliff. It's huge. And his church is going to be built on that rock. What is that rock? It's the statement of wisdom that came from God that Peter understood. Now, did Peter get that thing in his head because of some interjection by God out of his will? Personally, I think he got it because he understood who Jesus was. As hard as that was, he got it. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I have seen you do miracles. I have heard your message. I have seen the transfiguration. You see, hell's gates will not prevail against this message. Hell's gates will not stand against Jesus. Hell's gates will not stand against the church that is the people. The truth of Jesus is established, and God has pronounced it in its wisdom. Matthew chapter 16, verses 17 through 18. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this, to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, the rock of his words about Jesus, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I wonder if Jesus' church, metaphorically, should look like the mansion of wisdom talked about in Proverbs. The place that people should be called into. Come enjoy the choice fruits. Learn the wisdom that God has for us. The second point in walking the ways of insight is calls. The reality is God calls people to wisdom. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn and hear. To him who lacks sense, she says, come. If you read down further and you get into the concept about folly, She's also in town enticing people to come. 
They're battling for people's ears and choices. But we'll leave folly aside for now. Sometimes wisdom comes in small doses. Moms, dad, have you ever tried to supply wisdom to your children? Full-blown. What usually happens? I don't get it. I don't get it. So you give them bits and pieces of wisdom and knowledge. And over time, what are, they, what are you hoping them to do? Start amalgamating all those bits of wisdom. Well, wisdom has sent out her young women. To bring wisdom in small doses so that maybe it leads people to search out true wisdom with more substance. As Jesus said in one of his examples about little bits and pieces of wisdom, he says, let the little children come to me. Well, that doesn't sound like a lot of wisdom there, Jesus. Matthew 19, 14, especially in a society that they don't really put down children in the sense of we need children to grow. But they're not in the adult respect concepts of life. They can get in the way of things that are important. They think that they're important. So they're always getting in the way of what's important. And we understand that they are important, don't we? But sometimes we forget. So Jesus used this bits and pieces of wisdom to teach a bigger concept, a bigger lesson. As we understand and looking at some of the concepts that Jesus used teaching about children, humility is a big part of it. Let the little children come to me. Unless you're like a little child. Unless you're humble. If you respond to me, if you listen to my wisdom as a child would. A humble person, not just a poor person, but as Dallas brought up in the Lord's Supper, even somebody who recognizes that their ability and everything they have comes from God to begin with, they recognize how humble they should be. That humble type of person will look at Romans chapter 12 and say, hey, this list is important. I should live by it. Because God has given me wisdom to follow. A humble person is not arrogant. Those younger women set out by, sent out by wisdom that bits and pieces of teaching of truth, they cry out, listen to wisdom. Listen to God. Listen to his truth. It's not something new on YouTube. 
It's not reinvented. It's established. It's always been. Her seven pillars are there. It's perfect. Where did you get this truth? I got it from the Word of God. Tell me about the Word of God. Tell me about Jesus. Tell me about wisdom. Come to her mansion. Get her choice food. As Proverbs 9.4, the first part says, whoever is simple. Now that doesn't mean a simpleton. It's just one of the concepts of foolishness. In this case, the simple are those who might be starting out in life as young people. They're enticed by a lot of things this world offers. They're simple because they haven't learned that, hey, some of those things come with some consequences. Whoever is simple, naive, yet open-minded, let him turn in here. Let him come to the mansion of wisdom. Now, if you look down farther in the same chapter concepts, you see follies doing the same thing. Come in here. But I will increase your foolishness. Whereas wisdom will increase something else. Jesus offers much, doesn't he? He really does. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. In the context of Matthew 5, well, everywhere that Jesus talks about, he's not talking about wanting your Ferrari. He's not talking about having everything perfect. He's talking about, are you listening to God? Are you wanting to follow His wisdom? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will not uh, find. Knock, and the door will be open for everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, if a son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now go around the context of that passage and tell me, Is Jesus teaching about God's wisdom? Do you want it? Ask for it. Do you seek it? You will find it. Have you knocked lately? That door will be open. That wisdom is precious. In fact, that wisdom nourishes our soul. <laughs> Little humorous story here. 
a gentleman by the name of Reverend Stevens, tells of a young bride who was a very poor cook. Anybody here want to admit that they were the perfect cook when they first started out? Some of you were, oh, I saw Sheena roll her eyes. I don't think, okay, she wasn't. You were the perfect cook. Okay, you weren't the perfect. Kelly was, didn't, didn't, even, didn't even bat an eye. He knows better. He didn't even bat an eye. Well, she was a, a poor cook. Not poor in the sense she didn't have much, but poor. Her quality wasn't great. Her husband came home. She was crying. Crying, crying, crying. What's wrong? The dog, the dog ate the biscuits. Oh, don't worry, honey. We'll get another dog. God's wisdom is not like those biscuits. It will give you true nourishment. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Leave your simple ways and live. And walk in the way of insight. Sorry, I jumped ahead. Verses 4 through 6. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of my wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. If you are simple, if you are naive, and you're still in that category of foolishness in life, or in any other category for that fact, but to keep with Proverbs, if you're easily seduced like a young person, but you're naive and open-minded, take a taste of God's goodness. Take a taste of that food. Drink that mixed wine that won't get you drunk on foolishness. Understand His Word, His truth. This will lead you away from folly. This will lead you away from worldly wisdom that will get you nowhere but death. Now leave the simple, seductive ways and walk with God. Live and walk in insight. Wisdom. So my question is to you, what will you eat? Isn't that kind of Jesus' message? What will you consume? John chapter 6, verses 52 and 53. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Consume who I am. Consume my teachings. Consume my wisdom. This truth will set you free. Or as Jesus later said in John chapter 7, Verses 37, 
through 39. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Do we drink his physical flesh? No. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. In one respect, Jesus is that living water. His truth will set you free. It will save you. In another respect, when we have the Holy Spirit given to us as a gift, aren't we kind of like those young women that wisdom sent out and calls to the town and says, come into the mansion of where, where real wisdom is. We can give a little bit of the message. But Jesus is the one who is the message. God's, God brings wisdom. He offers truth. So may we seek it and walk in the ways of insight. If there's anybody here this morning who has any 